Hello, I'm Matt Bergman, and you're listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 260. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. What's up, guys? Kyle Wagner. Hey, guys. And Jonathan Dickert. What's up? Hey. So, yeah. Um, number one topic on uh, the table tonight is has got to be the coronavirus. Is everybody out here surviving? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, it seems to be the only thing that's really on the news these days. You already you already leaving, dude? <laughs> uh, I, gotta, I gotta cut off that dehumidifier. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got some some background some noise. No, background noise, yeah, but uh, it's not on yet, but it will kick on. Oh, it's going um, to kick on. Um, yeah. So the uh, you know, I I kind of thought this story was going to run its course. I remember last week saying I don't feel like talking about Corona anymore, and uh, this week it simply can't be avoided because uh, everything is being shut down. Uh, my work uh, said that everybody has to work from home for the next two weeks. The schools have been shut down. I mean, I feel like um, we've gone from zero to 60 over the last week as, as far as response to this yeah. virus. Um, it's really been a, a crazy week. So, you know, how are you guys handling uh, the, the panic? Mm. Uh yeah, I mean, I'm pretty worried about it. Like, uh, I'm I'm immunocompromised, as they say, because I have multiple sclerosis, and I take an infusion every six months that uh, weakens my immune system, and thus is supposed to like, you know, slow down the the MS. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty worried about it. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, it's a scary time. We've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, the scariest article I read about it so far said that um, I think it was in like three to 10 percent of the cases, the people that recovered had uh, 20 to 30 percent reduced lung capacity and were wheezing if they was walked briskly. So mm. they had they actually had like lung damage and Wait, uh, like permanent lung damage. I don't know if it's permanent, permanent or not. You know, this is a new a new disease so i guess we don't really know what the long-term effects are going to be but yeah. it was like they are they survived the disease but now they have um some some health issues with their lungs mm. so that to me was was uh, quite scary i, I wouldn't want to encounter that um i think before i read that article i was kind of treating this sort of like the flu um you know People have the flu all the time, and it's a miserable two weeks or a week, and then you get through it, and you're okay. So, mm. and you're still know. hearing that argument. I, I don't really buy that argument. Um, full disclosure: I kind of had a pessimistic outlook about this from the start. But the comparing it to the flu, it's true. There's a lot more people I think that have died even this flu season than have died from coronavirus. But to me, it's like you know, you always hear that. Uh, I guess more people die in the bathtub or in the bathroom than than will die from from gun violence. But um, it's not comforting to hear that when you know there's an active shooter in the building, and uh, that's to me kind of what's going on. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, yeah, initially I kind of I didn't have the attitude of like this is the same as the flu. Um, I knew it was different. I knew it had a higher mortality rate. Um, and was specifically bad for uh, elderly and, like you said, immunocompromised people. Um, but, you know, personally, I was, you know, just sort of like, eh, I mean, for me, it'll probably, if I happen to get it, it'll probably be a miserable, like you said, two weeks, and then I'm fine. Um, 
and you know i i i didn't hear the thing about having um uh, permanent lung damage that's 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 a little disconcerting for there sure are x-rays that are really horrifying yeah okay that is pretty disconcerting and but uh before knowing that i mean i still wasn't as concerned about myself but you know it's more of a um you know, at the risk of using, you know, I don't want to use the word social contract, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like a dick move to be, you know, a vector, you know, what they call a vector, um, which is basically allowing the virus to use you and then transfer somewhere else. You know, the more vectors that you have out there, the more opportunity for someone who is, you know, at, at a very high risk to get infected. And, you know, I have my parents are both in that category. They're they're older um, you know, and then tons of other people that I know. And, you know, just cause I'm not at risk personally, uh, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, which is why I might be jumping ahead here, but you know, I heard that the UFC is just not decided not to shut down anything, you know, just keep going until like the federal government says otherwise. And to me, it's, that's just sort of irresponsible, yeah. um, you know, because it's like, you know, like I said, okay, yeah, the fighters are probably going to be fine. Um, and, you know, okay, you know, you're taking your own risks when you go to the event, but you're also putting other people's lives at risk as well by being, by potentially being a carrier. And if you're going to an event, how many, do, how many seats are at those arenas? Like 20,000? I'd say 12, 15, 15 to 20. Yeah. So. Yeah you're exponentially increasing the likelihood that you're going to get it. If someone, if anyone there has it, I mean, I'm not saying everyone there is going to get it, but it's just, it's just, you're increasing the likelihood. And then that just sort of propagates up through the chain. And, you know, it's like, look, everybody just, just fucking, even if you think the government's, you know, I mean, I hate the government, right? You know, I don't trust the government, but like, I'm hearing what, like this guy on Rogan is saying, this guy, um, I can't remember his fucking name, but is everyone's Michael, Michael Oster or something. Yes. Yes. That guy. Yeah. I've, I mean, everybody's probably seen this video by this point and this guy is just level headed. He's talking about it. Honestly, you know, he's not, you know, he's sort of taking, I wouldn't say he's taking the middle ground because he's calling for, you know, for great concern, but he's not, you know, like, oh, you know, start fucking, like, digging a hole in the ground and, and building a shelter right now because yeah. we're going to be dead, all dead in uh, 10 months or whatever. Um, just, but he is... He, I'm sorry, go ahead. Jared, just from the standpoint of, of uh, public relations and common sense, this seems like a very high-risk move for them because if they're wrong, at this point, they're the only ones that are going to be... That, that, that are going to be doing this. Yeah. You know, MLB is, is delaying. NBA is shut down. Minor NHL league teams. is shut down yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it doesn't make sense. They're already on like shaky ground because of the nature of the sport. You know, all it takes is like some fucking, I mean, who was it? I think it was fucking Bloomberg that was going after them back in like the um, 2000s or whenever the hell he was uh, mayor. He was trying to get them kicked out of uh, New York. Yeah, he called him like um, you know uh, cockfighting or something like that. Yeah, human so human cockfighting. Yeah. was that Bloomberg that coined that term? I, I think so. I could be that could be one hundred percent fake news. Someone can fact check me on the in the uh, chat, which I haven't been looking at. Um, yeah. it's, it's Zionist propaganda. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I think with the UFC, part of it is just you know of all the sports, that's probably the most macho culture of all of them. 
and um they're just kind of taking a tough guy approach they're like this is overblown we're not going to cancel everything we're not going to panic everybody else is you know freaking out about it but you know we're tough so i don't know i I kind of agree with you when you put it that way though jared that you know maybe having an event with twelve thousand people when there's a virus or fifteen thousand isn't the best idea yeah, I've actually got a, a buddy who books events, and you guys probably know who it is. I just don't want to say his name on the air because it's you know it's about his work. But uh, he's booking events. He he's an anarchist, you know, and uh, he's like concerned because like the effort that he's putting into booking these events. Um, n- n- number one, he doesn't even think they're going to happen. He thinks they're going to be canceled because they happen before they happen. They're going to be canceled. So it's like all this effort for nothing, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is. He thinks it's like just irresponsible for like to even have these events. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so like we were talking about it and I was like, I'm going to say something status. And then before I say anything, he's like, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) And it's, it's like, you know, you almost, uh, want the government to just step in and just, you know, cancel the big uh, concerts and stuff. Right. Cause that's where the shit's going to spread. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, I'm not but, saying I mean, it's not even necessarily you want the government to do it. You more, you'd rather see the market just get it done. Yeah. And, and some venues just have been getting it done on their own before, um, you know, I there mean, was I any think law. For the most part, I have. think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part they have. And then it's, you know, ones like the UFC where, like I said, they're already on shaky ground with just public perception because of the nature of the sport. And then, you know, they're doing something like this, you know, how, you know, you know, that's definitely going, you know, if it backfires, I mean, if the problem is you won't know if it backfires. I mean, unless we hear like 30 people from the, the UFC event were, you know, contracted coronavirus, but we might not hear that. We might hear about the people that they talk to the next day that they shake hands with the next day or come into contact the next day that are infected and you have no connection back unless they spend the time to trace it. Yeah. I was watching uh contagion, the movie contagion today, <laughs> Which was, uh, you know, um, I think Outbreak is a good one, but people online were saying, a lot of comments in, that I was reading were saying, watch Contagion. So I was like, all right, I got to check out this movie, Contagion. And um, in that movie, like, they really highlight just, you don't think about how much stuff you touch that somebody else touches. This guy's on the bus coughing, you know, and then they're like, get off the bus. And he walks up and literally he touches every single handrail on his way out the bus. You know, yeah. he's like, cause the bus is rocking and he's trying to get out, right. but he's coughing into his hand and then touching the handrails. And you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, you know, <laughs> meanwhile, Jar- Jared's over here sneezing, you know? So, um, it, it, it really is scary how easily a, uh, a disease can transmit, you know, with just from touch. Yeah. I think touching and sneezing, airborne stuff, you know, and I guess this this virus is highly contagious, is that um the yeah. the facts yeah if so. for anybody who can't see us, we're all sitting at least six feet apart here, so we should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this is probably isn't the most optimal um spot to be in, but yeah, yeah I you mean, know, certainly being at a in a crowd of thousands of people is not is exponentially worse. Um you know, uh, anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to tell people, you know, we actually had uh, the executive director of the Libertarian Party scheduled to come on tonight. But, uh, you know, honestly, like, I just felt, you know, I was just like, uh, I guess, like a little scared about having people coming over, come over after a conference where there's going to be, you know, a lot of people there. Yeah. And, you know, especially that guy who's probably been traveling, you know, around to every state convention yeah he, coming he, into contact with like 
you know, thousands yeah. of people shaking thousands of hands. Like he this could guy have, could be like he could have more germs than a little zero. monkey in outbreak. <laughs> outbreak. Yeah. yeah, he could be fucking patient one. <laughs> yeah. Zero. So at, at any rate, yeah, like uh, you know, I was just like a little paranoid about that. So I decided to you know just not do that. You know. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame you at all. Um, I mean, I ended up not going to the uh, the Maryland convention. I saw Alex made it there. Um, Phil was there. Yeah. This is the Maryland LP convention, which was held today. I thought we were just listing people who have Corona now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, just joking. Um, what was it called? Liberty Con, which is a big, um, it's, I don't know. It's not Libertarian Party. It's just a Libertarian conference. I think it's hosted by YAL, isn't it? Um, pos- no, SFL, Students for oh, Liberty. Okay. Um, Yale is Young Americans for Liberty. They're sort of libertarian-leaning organizations. Yeah. <laughs> so they canceled uh, LibertyCon this year. Um, I've, I've gone, I don't know, the last four years, I think. Really? And, uh, yeah, I, I've i been really busy. I was on the fence about going this year, and, and uh, since they canceled it, I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, no, I'm definitely not going. But um, <laughs> the LP was uh, scheduled to host a presidential debate there, too. So that would have been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, though, I, I do miss Phil this week. This is the, the first time in a long time that Phil has not been on uh, the podcast. It, is, it feels empty yeah, without Bowl. him in this uh, yeah. chair. Did he, we, he didn't the put, chair does look a little more stable, though. Yeah, we didn't put anybody <laughs> in his chair, and, and we, we, all, we all came on it before the podcast. So. <laughs> he missed the circle jerk chair now. <laughs> he met, didn't he miss the Super Bowl episode? Yeah, yeah he, he did. did. I was here for that. Okay, yeah. All, so he, he, he did miss that. He did miss that. Wait, you were here for that? I was. You're not a sports baller? Nah, mm. I went for it. Okay, good for you, man. Yeah, that was that was uh, Jonathan Dickert's first episode. I didn't really care about the game that much. Yeah, yeah. they say you never forget your first time. That's true. <laughs> that's, first. What, that's, that's what Kyle says, at least. Yeah, about mm-hmm. first time coming on the podcast. That's true. Yeah, I um, I was hosting a Super Bowl party, so I definitely couldn't have made it. But um, oh, I bet that was lively. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, so, have you guys like stocked up on food? Yeah, um, I've made it. We've made a few trips. We've got a bunch of canned food. Um, just and we've just got a bunch of random shit that we just have sitting around. So, you know, I think we'd probably be good for like a month, maybe two. Yeah, if shit hit the fan. I tell you, I used to like never go to the grocery store, and I mean, very rarely. And I would scrimp by. This is when I was uh, single, living by myself. Yeah, like I would scrimp like, by like, once a month <laughs> for like no, not even once a month. They would be like, I don't know. Would you man. just eat out all the time? Some of that, and yeah. some of like just frozen food, and like back of the freezer. I don't know. It just seemed to make food last a really long time. But uh, yeah, my my uh, girlfriend's been doing a lot of shopping. She's going again tomorrow, um, <laughs> and <laughs> you know I I think we're good on like toilet paper and stuff like that. You know I've seen people are just going going insane. I'm I'm seeing these pictures on social media of just empty shelves and um, you know I I would think that uh, in a week or two all those those shelves are going to be restocked. Yeah, I mean I don't think they're at this point. At this point, now look, this could get far worse and it could change, but the supply lines are not really that fucked up when it comes to that kind of stuff, from what I understand. Like, they're still able to, like, get the shit from Johnson & Johnson and all that. Like, there's, it's just like, you know, it's hard to keep the shelves stocked because as soon as they put it out, people just fucking run in and buy it all. But eventually, that sh- I imagine that'll calm down. You'll be able to get it, um, you know, but... uh 
I mean, it could it could get weird in the next few months. I mean, we we don't know what what's going to happen with this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, this one blogger was like, "I we got the last thing of almond milk." I was like, "Oh, forgot." <laughs> like, oh, God forbid you have to drink normal milk, you know, or cow milk. Yeah, that was I mean, a close still, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of um, you know food. Like, y- you can go and just get food. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When yeah. Just go to a restaurant, fast food. Well, there's know. that too. Yeah, I mean for now, but the the the, the concern is the like if they stores. There's food in the grocery stores. Hey, yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. The there is food options. in the grocery stores. Hey, uh, Jerry, question: yeah. How would you feel about, in the interest of saving money on toilet paper, um, just using like a toilet hanky that you just kind of like reuse and wash, like wash it off? Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking <laughs> about it. I don't know. I don't know, dude. What about just like <laughs> shit and shower? What about just like shit take a the, shit and ew. then take a shower? Ew. Um, Julie Borowski posted an ad to a um, a bidet, $50 on Amazon. You Actually, get, yeah, my wife just got one in the mail like yesterday. Wow. Have you yeah. installed it yet? Yeah, it's installed upstairs. Oh, wow. Does it work? Do you like it? I, I've not used it. You don't like it shooting water in your bunghole? I mean, uh, yeah, I have not used it yet. <laughs> I, I, it's only, it was only hooked up yesterday, so... Where does the... Uh. Is the nozzle in the back pointing forward? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I haven't even checked it out. I don't even use that bathroom I went usually. to a hotel in New York that had one, and it was fucking crazy, because we didn't know what it was, and we pushed this button, and it fucking, like, shot up, like, super high, like, hit the fucking ceiling. Like, that's how <laughs> high pressure the shit is. Oh, my god! I was gosh. like, I'm not sitting on this motherfucker. You didn't even try it? No, dude. Wow. I saw it like the fucking damage it caused the fucking drywall. So here's what I'm thinking: if it if it's from the back and it's shooting forward, it's just gonna like shoot the back of your balls, right? Or like shoot Most the, of us shoot have the our shit asshole right in, above our balls. Yeah, it's gonna shoot <laughs> the poo right into your ball sack. That's I, what's gonna happen. I don't know, man, but this is an ancient technology. I'm sure there's a it reason is? for it. <laughs> what? what I don't know. They, they used to have pumps in the toilets. No, maybe I mean, they but, maybe they had like a slave or somebody with a straw, <laughs> wow, with a manual bidet. Is this your libertarian paradise? I don't know. <laughs> but no, I, child I, uh, slave <laughs> cleaning your butthole. <laughs> wow. Um, um, anyway, so oh, Matt's got one, man. Maybe after the show, I'll, uh, yeah. Can we all use your bidet? You know. Can we just go give it a dry, give it a dry run. You know. Yeah, you got to use the auto blow. The least I can do is use the bidet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super curious right now. So, yeah, a lot of people were buying those. Well, there was like a one of those. You know how everything has like a internet, like an internet version, like an internet company version, where it's like all like, you know. So there's one called like Tushy, I think, that's uh, that apparently is now just backordered for like months and months. Because people just were like, oh, I heard this on a podcast. I'm going to go check it out because I ran out of toilet paper. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm think good on supplies for the most part. My real concern, though, is uh, people that are not. So, you know, if it gets like, and, you know, I'm talking completely hypothetical, probably not going to happen. But if it gets too crazy out there, they shut down all the stores. You know, the stores are, the supply lines get fucked up. Supply chains get fucked up. They can't get the stuff into the stores. You know, then the people that get real desperate, and then they come looking for the people that do have the shit. Yeah. So they come, you know. That takes, like, I think, like, three days or something like that, right? Three days. (laughs) We just have complete chaos, you know. And then in that case, you're going to want ammo. Americans are, you know, to a large extent, uh, I don't know, not that durable. You know they get <laughs> right. They get they panic. They well, freak the thing, out. Dude, you could, but I could probably survive on like 
16 cans of Dinty Moore for like three months. <laughs> like, no joke, dude. I could just have one can of that a day and just fucking stretch it out. I don't even dude, know you're what like, that is. You're like, lose like you're like a Dinty Moore but... beef Jew. <laughs> what, what is that? I don't know what that is. You gave it to me before the podcast. Yeah, it was like Dinty Moore beef, beef stew. Mm. It's like a microwave dinner. All right. Yeah, it like kind of tastes like dog yeah. food, but for people. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I, I think bad. it's good. I, just I mean, don't like to think of. I like it. That's why I have it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's not going to be. Health. I'm not going to be like the the image of health. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm going to eat like, <laughs> but I'm not uh, going to die. Soup. Yeah. I mean, you could go through day days. seven, day, Jared would like have a mask on and be out like trying to rob people for more <laughs> food. He'd be like, I can't have one more can of I'm this I'm usually stuff. leery of anything that's uh, that's a meat product that I can just keep in the pantry. That's kind of what that mm. is. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not advocating it for like regular use. It's got those, oh, yeah. it's got those <laughs> sweet preservatives in there, man. I'm looking for it for like survival only. Yeah. You know, how about we're cat, like how really about, hungry before the podcast. How about cat food? Would you Would you try cat food? I mean, I before I'd starved to death. Yeah, I don't have a cat, okay, so I don't cat. have cat I'm just, food. I'm just thinking what I would do in a desert. Yeah, I mean, I'd eat the not? cat food before I ate the cat. I would say that. Well, yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> this podcast turned really dark. <laughs> so, I wouldn't. Who's gonna be? Which pet will you? Would you eat first? I know. <laughs> which pet do you love more, the goldfish, <laughs> or do you just train your dog to hunt for you? I have a koi pond now. I could eat the. I could there eat, you go. I'm not, you I'm not that. I'm not that wow, attached dude. to the uh, koi. So. Fancy. Okay, so what about grocery stores? Has anybody here went to a grocery store recently? Because I've, I've seen all the pictures like yesterday. Nah, I sent Shannon off to that. Yeah, I, well, I, like, I saw pictures. <laughs> I saw pictures from yesterday. My, my buddy took at the store and it was like all the shelves were empty. Yeah, no, that's what I was just saying. I, there's, there's food there. There just aren't the same choices that you're used to. You know, it's sparse in some places. Hmm. Yeah, and people are taking pictures of like... aisle. Yeah, example. people are taking pictures of like the toilet paper aisle, and you're like, okay, toilet paper's gone, but there's also like canned soup. There's also like every Campbell's canned soup still. So <laughs> you know, get the stuff that's important. Figure out where you you know how you're gonna wipe your ass later. I was in the store getting lunch the other uh, week, and it was this was a Wegmans. It was fully stocked. Yeah, it looked fully stocked to me. So I don't know, but that was last week. That yeah, was sort of like too. Monday, <laughs> Tuesday of last week. I, I hear things are different now. Yeah, I think that's where Shannon was. She was at Wegmans. But they like restock every week, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're restocking. Like, they're restocking. People are just freaking out about that for no reason. But you know, what I'm saying is like right now, while you still can, like, just be prepared. You never. You, this could last for months. Right. Um, restocking is actually a continuous process. They've got enough enough different items that they can't just restock like once a week. Right, I've got a lot. You of mean for the specific item can't be restocked yeah. once a week? Well, maybe one item is restocked on a weekly basis. I don't know, but but the restocking is a constant process. I mean, those stockers are usually there, yeah. You know, after hours and before the store opens, almost every single day. Yeah, I believe I heard that some twenty-four uh, hour grocery stores are actually closing now just to give them more time to restock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just got to keep up with the demand. But it's not like the product doesn't exist, you know? It's not, you know, it's funny. You see these these uh, tweets where people are like, oh, you guys were worried about socialism? Well, look what's happening in capitalism. I know, it's I was like, going to say that. It's like, all right, well, first of all, you're comparing I like... I think I saw Kyle post one of those. You're, you're, you're talking about capitalism under like extreme duress. 
and yet people are still not out there starving in the streets you know like, i said the difference is this isn't normal for us yeah right? exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like and even even under duress it's like all right you just gotta be patient and just let this let the, let it restock it, it, you know one of the commies was saying he was like <laughs> one of the commies <laughs> i interact with a lot of commies for whatever reason but one of them was like uh well we we under communism still have he said the government controls the brands i think he said or something like that you would still have variety or you'd still have selection because i was like I don't, you know, theoretically, spam A, spam B and spam C. (laughs) Theoretically, the state controls all of it, right? All food supply, all marketing, all distribution. I would think you just get a ration card. It's not even really a market. So he was sort of implying that it would still be some sort of market where you buy different types of food, different brands and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I remember hearing stories of Russian officials or Soviet officials who visited the U.S. and were like, blown away by the grocery stores and the selection of in the stores yeah so you know i don't think that's uh, normal for communism no you know no yeah i mean it's a pretty asinine uh comparison to make yeah uh we put gas up there too gas prices are like super low you know we're getting down near two dollars a gallon which oh, is i pretty, didn't notice yeah man it's pretty sweet i think yeah. i paid like 210 the other day I just filled up today. Are you catching wood, Jared? Yeah, I got a little little half job. <laughs> well, Matt was like, dude, you got to gas up your car, man. They might quarantine us tomorrow. <laughs> so I got gas before no, the podcast. I, no, I was just saying I, I would get gas uh, when you're out. I would make sure you have a good amount of gas. I, I would tell that to everybody who's listening. Um, I would say, you know, stock up on food. Maybe go to the store um, at a time when you think less people are going to be there. What about you know? a bug out bag? Um, you know, honestly, I don't have a bug out bag, but you know, I think it, it's probably not a bad idea, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just hunkering down, staying at home. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be hard to find some of that stuff. Like, um, like I was searching for emergency emergency prepared, like emergency uh, food supplies, MREs. Well, MREs and like those like buckets they have that are filled with like fucking like grain that can like last you for like. <laughs> Like, you pay, like, $150, and you got, like, 30 days of food, apparently. But all that shit's, like, backward until April. Like, every site I went, like, first three pages of Google results. I, there's got... The survival community has got to just be going nuts right now. Oh, you dude, know, they, they, this, oh, yeah, this, is, this is where our money should forever. be going. This is where we should be investing our money. <laughs> this is their Super Bowl. They're finally, like, all these years we've been warning people, and now it's finally happening. I promise I'm they don't have the supply fide. to keep up. Oh, sorry, I keep cutting. I'm not a bona fide prepper, but I think there's yeah. a little bit of a prepper in me yeah um i mean I'm, I'm all for the preparation the point of preparation is is so that when something like this happens you don't panic yeah um you're trying to prepare for not just what you think is likely to happen like what everybody says is likely to happen you don't follow the crowd you prepare for what is not likely but could be devastating yeah you know exactly. your car your your car if you have a car that's you know reasonably modern you've got all kinds of safety features on there you've got you know airbags and seat belts and 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 foam in the bumper and it's you know to to protect you in the case in in case that car like rolls over you have a head-on collision or get hit from the back and and all these things that you hope never happens and probably aren't that likely Mm. but that's what preparation is you you want to have that in case things get really bad yeah definitely yeah i mean uh you know, I, being a libertarian, this has been a topic of discussion 
you know, in and out for, I mean, since I got into it, you know. Um, That's how I started. Like, I started in a panic, you know, really. <laughs> yeah. In 2015, I was so panicked about an economic collapse and empty store shelves and, you know, we're going to be hunting squirrels in the woods. I mean, <laughs> I really went overboard with it. You know, Ron Paul was making commercials about how the monetary system was going to collapse, and I took that seriously. So, um, you know, now I, now I kind of – it's sort of – instilled in me because it never happened a sense of like okay don't panic take things as they come wait and see and the fact that like i can go out to like mcdonald's right now and get food with no problem yeah i I, i'm not panicked at all right get a corona burger though dude yeah is is anybody else avoiding fast food right now or avoiding eating out in general i went on saturday yeah you went to a restaurant yeah i went to a chick-fil-a on saturday Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't as busy as it normally is. Yeah. But uh, I didn't see much of anything that was that different. Uh, They didn't refill my cup. They gave me a new cup, and that was pretty much it. I'm sure they're doing other things that I don't see. Yeah. But... I have a decision to make tonight because after (laughs) after the show, I usually have to decide between uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich or the Taco Bell and... It's always a tough decision, and then tonight I have to decide: do I do I bypass both and just go home? Mm. You know, as of right now, I could go home, but I know at ten thirty I'm going to be hungry. It's probably going to be Popeyes. That's what I'm thinking. So hopefully, why don't you eat before you come, dude? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, you guys want to talk? Skip ahead to three five. It's kind of related. Yeah, to price this gouging. stuff. Yeah, price gouging. So like. Um, this is something that's very controversial, um, and a lot of people get angry at price gouging, and that's people raising their prices because there's so much demand for the products. And I think anybody that's well-versed in, econ- in economics would tell you that that um, curbs demand and kind of balances things so that only those people that really want the thing are willing to pay for it, and they'll buy it. And um, you know, I guess the left winger will say, well, you're just, that favors the, the wealthy and then it's going to leave the poor behind. They won't be able to afford the necessities. It's taking advantage of a crisis situation. But it's... Well, all- there's also the, the virtues of price gouging in that, yeah, like you, as you were saying, you know, somebody somebody probably isn't going to buy like 50 million bottles or something. So other people exactly. are going to get it. Now, the other thing so wait, too... wait, hold on, hold on. I just, I do want to hear what, uh, so what is the response to someone that says like, okay, this favors the rich? Or, the, or like not the rich, but like the people that are willing to spend like twenty dollars on a bottle of hand sanitizer. It's a rationing mechanism, right? right. So it it's going to stop those situations where somebody's hoarding something to turn around and sell it at a higher price. Like that kid tried to do in New York with the eighteen million bottles of hand sanitizer. He like bought out Amazon or something with hand sanitizer. So you're saying because of price gouging laws, he was able to get away with that. But it, yeah, without without that price going up, and I don't know about that specific situation because hand sanitizer is pretty cheap. But I'm just saying, like, if you can, if something goes up like that, it does curtail the hoarding and flipping kind of practice, right? It's too expensive to hoard it, and then uh, and it and it does. It just if people don't really need something, they're like, ah, eh, you know, I can do without it. Yeah. If you're really willing to pay for it, then you pay for it, and. I think with most most basic necessities, I mean, we're not talking about a million dollars for a can of soup here, 
but if it's five dollars or ten dollars or more than it normally would be that's really going to to make people think twice if they really need that can but just to play status advocate what about people that really need the can but don't have you know they have a dollar but they don't have ten dollars is that just tough titties i think i think it is (laughs) you know i mean um and, and that's sort of the thing. Like they all, the left will always use that example of, well, what are you? What about the poor? You know, well, most people aren't that poor. You're always going to have a problem with people who are in a desperate situation, even in normal conditions. Those people have trouble surviving in a in a capitalist economy. So maybe you need some mechanism to deal with the bottom dregs of society, but. If you're middle class, you can kitchen, uh, you yeah. could pay for more. You can afford more for a you know thing of toilet paper. Instead, you got people just cleaning out the shelves, buying all the toilet paper up more than they actually need. Maybe because maybe the price should have been raised. You know, maybe that would slow down some of this demand. Why didn't they raise the price? Is it just because they couldn't react fast enough, or they didn't anticipate the demand, or is there some sort of law that prevents I, I'm Walmart honest, from like jacking up their toilet paper? To you know, I think it looks bad. I think that's what it is right now. It really looks bad. So is this a problem with our society? Is this a problem with like the lack of economic understanding in our society where, yeah, because I mean, I know Amazon has rules on their on their marketplace where you can't price price gouge. I don't know what they how they determine price gouging, but they yeah, they've kicked off like hundreds of maybe thousands of like retailers because they you know went to their CVS right when it happened, bought up a bunch of hand sanitizer now. They're trying to sell on Amazon, and it's against their policy, which, you know, they're a free, you know, they're a company. They're able to do that, but is that, you know, is that wise for our society to have that sort of uh, outlook on price gouging, or should we embrace it as like, all right, well, this is just, this is how the market is sort of self-regulating. Yeah, I, that that's what I would do. I mean, I, that's how I treat it. I don't, if somebody buys a, okay, let's say somebody, I remember this example, like somebody buys a bunch of um, bottles, bottled water, packaged bottled water and drives his pickup truck into a disaster zone or an earthquake area or a hurricane area and is then selling that bottle of water at twice or three times the price. Now you say, oh, well, he's uh, taking advantage. He's, ex- you know, he's, he's just taking advantage of the situation. He's taking a risk as well. Maybe he is, but he's also delivering yeah, water to where it needs to be. So, yeah. Right, this- exactly. So, I mean, you'd... you're like eliminating, um, you're eliminating some of the possible... Incentive? Incentive, exactly, mm-hmm. to, uh, for somebody to take the risk. To drive to this uh, place with uh, the water, you know, and, take the uh, risk and to do it, and, you know? yeah. And th- there's, of course, there's the extra cost. You know, there's going to be the cost of, uh, you know, fueling up a truck, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, driving all, all the way down there. Yeah, but he's he's getting that water from an area where it's not needed as much to an area where it's really needed. And if you say, oh, you you know, you're a scumbag because you're tra- charging three times the price for those bottles of water, and he goes, you know, okay, then I'm not doing it. You know, I only did this because. Yeah. Uh, went out of my way to buy up this water because I could make a buck at yeah, it. You know? um, yeah, it's, most people do something every day only because they're going to make money. It's called a job. You know, It's mm-hmm. not without risk to himself also. There, we there can't is, yeah. totally eliminate greed from the market. Okay, Greed, does, greed drives the market and, and it does as much good. I, I would say it does more good than it does bad even. Um, if you don't let... If, if you don't let investors or innovators um, profit in a reasonable sense, in, in, in a way that, that is going to make 
financial sense to them, they're not going to take any of these chances. Yeah, greed's not yeah. the right word. And I've never agreed with us using the word greed when somebody is uh, trying to make a buck. Self-interest. They're hustling, right? He's hustling. He's trying to make money. And, and there's an opportunity there. And, and his action serves both the people in that disaster area that need clean drinking water. And it serves himself. So to, from my perspective, that's win-win. Yeah. Right? Instead, this guy is vilified as some sort of guy that's just exploiting a bad situation. Yeah. But if you look at the outcome, those people would rather have that water than not have that water and he's getting it there so um if i could take a shot at responding to what jared was saying earlier about the ten dollar product i don't know if it was hand sanitizer or whatever i don't think that in a free market we go from one dollar to, to ten dollars i think it's a more theoretical i mean you do hear that argument i've heard it certainly a, mm-hmm. a few times yeah but i think it's more theoretical than than actually realistic I don't think you go from $1 to $10. I think that as the disaster unfolds or, or whatever the market factor is, um, that that price starts to creep up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if you're going to, if, if you're a consumer that's going to sit around and ignore what the market is doing, you are going to find yourself in a situation where you may have to pay $10 for hand sanitizer. Right. But if it's really worth it to you, you're probably still going to be able to do it. There's very few people that wouldn't be able to pay $10 for an absolute need. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, you know, we're seeing, um, well, we mentioned gas, but flight prices plummeting, right? Because the demand for travel just dropped out the bottom. Nobody wants to take flights right now. So you can get flights for, for dirt cheap. Um, and people are going, wow, this is sweet, you know? So, uh, there's always, whenever there's a crisis like this, there's a shift in people want some things more and they want other things less. And the price mechanism is how the market adjusts all this changing demand quickly. And, um, and so I think that's a good thing. You know, we need, people should understand how prices work, how the price mechanism works. And instead of like just demonizing it and, and vilifying people, like just accept that's how the that's how prices work. They balance supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean just to briefly hit on this and then we can move on, but like you said, whether you want to call it greed or self interest or hustling or whatever, these ideas, these um human uh qualities exist regardless of what the system they're in is, right? But if you put them you know, the capitalism or free market economics or whatever you want to call it seems to be the best way to, to harness that energy, right? Because, like you said, you get a win-win situation. Like, yeah, that guy could have been, like, you know, a monk who's like, I'm just going to sacrifice myself and go into this area and give away this water. And, you know, we'd, we'd praise him for his self-sacrifice and whatnot. Um, but the reality is most people aren't that way. No, so, they'll, they'll sit at home and throw shots at that guy, but they won't get in their truck and go buy a right. bunch of water and then give they it give out it away for, for free. free. Exactly. I so, mean, very few will. So, so at least so. let's have this sort of profit motivation yeah, in place. If somebody was, does want to do that, we don't want to stop that person either. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, let's harness that energy, you know, and, and, and transmute it into something that's good rather than... You know, warehouse politics, something stupid. <laughs> but what, what we would really like to see is have like multiple people drive drive down there in trucks and then have to compete with them each other. Well, yeah, the whole market dri- driving like, the cost <laughs> down. You yeah. know, yeah, See, that would be ideal, right? Like yeah. if you it had like be. ten people doing that, one guy's charging eight bucks, one guy's charging seven fifty, and you work down to a certain 
you know, yeah. just like a little mini market. Competition does bring the price down. Yeah. And um, yeah, but the system rewards you for serving other people's needs. Exactly. And in that case, those people are in a desperate situation and you're making money. You're, you're getting rewarded by, by serving their needs, by helping them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not a bad thing in my perspective. No. No, it's not. Um, let's see. Anything else? Well, you there was. I think you were about going to make a similar point about flights, but in the inverse. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess what that point would be. I was just pointing out that the flight prices are down because demand is down. You know, the changing demand is what's driving the prices up for some items, and then other other items like flights. The demand is going down, and airlines are having to drop their price because there's <clears throat> otherwise they'd be flying empty planes. You know, mm-hmm. so I guess they. The, you know, the demand, the supply is the same, right? Or at least for the airlines, the same number of planes. You would think for the products, it's the same. So it's really, we're just talking about demand changing. Exactly. Right? And with lower demand, they're having to lower their prices in order to continue operating. I'm not, am I missing something? No, you're, yeah, that's, that sounds like what it is. I mean, you have, like you said, everything else is, is static essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, it's the demand has has plummeted, so yeah, they have to drop their prices. I mean, you can get a flight to, uh, you know, like one of them like uh, islands, uh, vacation islands in like the Caribbean for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, you know, do you want to <laughs> do you want to take your life into your hands? Well, that's why it's so cheap because <laughs> yeah. everybody's going. Mm, I know it's cheap, but I don't want to go. Well, yeah. once you go mm-hmm. there, you don't have to come back for a while. That might be a good deal. Well, yeah, because well, you're, you're, you're in, a, you're in like, an airplane and there's not going to be much ventilation, you know, it's just like that small, yeah, you if know, there's one person on space. that plane that has it, like you're, you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but, uh, I mean, I, I would think too, there's, there's less people traveling. So maybe it, it's, maybe it's not as scary as people yeah. might imagine. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I mean, I, I, I'm curious how, how many people are flying? Like how full are these planes? You know? I, I would imagine not very full because yeah. like my, my company has shut down uh, all non-essential travel, which is almost all travel. Right. So like our sales, our account teams, like nobody's flying. And I would imagine that that, that response is pretty widespread across most corporations in the country right now. Everybody's going, let's just hunker down and let this and see what, what happens with this thing. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing is like, you know, it's a two week thing, right? They're going, uh, let's, let's hold off for two weeks, right? Well, what if things are worse in two weeks? Then do we go, I think they will be, let's hold off for two more weeks or do we get back to business as usual? What happens after two weeks is up? The efficient thing for them would be to offer fewer flights, but still try to fill those flights as much as possible. I haven't flown in years. I don't know what it's what it's actually like right now. It's a miserable experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they finger your butthole. I mean, uh, it's just uh, it's not. If you go through the body scanners. It's still a long wait in security usually, but... Kyle, you opt for the pat-down, right? No. Didn't you say you, you try to go to airports and just get the uh, pat-down? I pat did. Down? I did for a while, and then I couldn't take the social pressure anymore because they're like, you know, they they scream it out. At least the, this happened to me. They're like, you know, we got a male requesting pat-down, you know, opt-out. That's what it was. She was like, opt-out. We got an opt-out, you know. And, I'm just, <laughs> and everyone's like looking at Everyone's you. looking at me. I'm like, yes, it's Kyle, me. You should just get one of those shirts that says it's not gay if it's TSA. <laughs> uh, I've, like, seen, I, yeah. I've seen I've seen 
oh man, some of those are. I don't know if it's like the standard pat down, but I saw like a woman getting like patted down, just like in the middle, just in the fucking middle of the place. Wow. And it was just like it just it made me uncomfortable to watch because she was. It just looked like she was getting violated. It was bad, man. Yeah, I've seen it done to my brother, and that made me uncomfortable. I was just like, it's weird. You watch your sibling with their arms up in the air, and the agent like you know grabbing their legs or whatever. It was yeah. just like, eh, this is this is awkward. Yeah, you know what kind of police state are we live for a libertarian? It was hard to witness. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I do think they. You know, had a, they had a dramatic response to nine eleven, and like so many authors say, like it never goes backwards, right? Right. Once they take away these civil liberties and put in like this homeland security stuff, we never go backwards to like, ah, oh, let's just kind of back. Uh, we're good now. We're let's safe just now. be free again. You yeah. know, like that <laughs> the never crisis, happens. The no. crisis is when you seize power, and you have to make the case that you know we've never seen or been able to anticipate a crisis like this, and you know, therefore, we need new measures. And um, I was hearing Andrew Cuomo say pretty much that same thing today. What was he um, saying? We've never seen a, a crisis oh. like just what I said. You know, oh. we've never seen this before. We n- couldn't couldn't anticipate something like that. And he didn't, you know, say, therefore, we're, you know, I'm. So, yeah. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be some sort of I mean, they've been shutting places down. But I, is that like I mean, that's not something that's going to stay that way. Right. They're not just going to start like randomly shutting shit down. Like, this is government's time to shine, right? They're this is their they're just so excited. You're they're in, um, <laughs> you know, taking out all this emergency funding and kicking off spending and doing all this stuff. So um, now to say that they couldn't see this coming, I mean, how many movies have there been about pandemics and diseases and stuff like that? I was just talking about one earlier. So like you can't say, oh no, no one could have ever ever anticipated a a problem with a disease. Yeah, like, you know. No, but at the same time, you know, you don't typically spend a bunch of money to prevent something that you've never seen happen before, you know, so. Yeah. I'm just, like, playing, like I'm just he, playing devil's advocate. This yeah. is like something we've never seen before. So would you be nutty well, for a little bit? Karen in the comments points out that, you know, they've been talking about coronavirus for eight weeks now. Like right, been, right. No, so, and, you know, yeah. we should have as smart prepper libertarian folks no, I mean, we should have been out there I've been, I've been prepping some this is something that you know I can say my household has been thinking about for a while you know yeah. my, my wife's a nurse right so this is something we've been, we've been thinking about for a while okay yeah, yeah mid-January was when I was aware of this yeah yeah I think that's when I first started hearing about it I mean the idea of a disease is not new no but no. it's difficult for us to get information about this because well, I think there's a few reasons. It's one happening in that, real time. One is that it's it's new and we don't know the specifics of it. First, they said, you know, 14-day incubation period. Then you hear, oh, it can survive up to 27 days. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, oh, well, now it can be 37 days in the air. And you've still, you're still hearing talk about 14-day quarantine, self-quarantine, which I have to wonder at this point if the 14-day thing is just theater. Because if you think you're really exposed and this is really super serious, wouldn't you do the 37 days? Wouldn't you do 45 days just to, you know, if it's Yeah, I mean, really... if I knew I had it, I would but, um, probably wait like like six months to come out. Yeah, <laughs> they, I mean, they take you. I don't think, do they take you away and put you in quarantine somewhere? Or I don't think you get, they give you the option of... Uh, People have been ordered to, to stay in quarantine. Uh, yeah. there's, a, there, there, there's a guy in, in Kentucky right now who um, I think is the only case of this in his in his particular county, but he's he's ordered he's basically under house arrest. I think he's in his home, but 
he's under armed guard because um, there's been some concern that he's not going to abide by the the mm. quarantine order. Is there a uh, is there a well? I mean, Kyle's not an anarchist, but like, is there a non government argument for or sorry? Is there a, is there a nap argument for for doing something like that? Like, if someone is known to be contagious with a virus. Is it uh, is it ethical to keep them under you know lock and key in their own house or prevent them from getting out into society? Would you would you think that's ethical? I mean, I would. I mean, I know you would. You know, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. What about you, Bergman? Let's hear your take. Is that ethical? I mean, so I'm just I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, why are they keeping this guy in? Did he say I'm going to give it to everybody? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to yeah. say I don't know. I mean, it's enough for me. It. it, it concerns me that that there's armed guards basically i mean they're they're there because they're going to shoot him if he violates the the order it does seem extreme yeah i mean i, uh, I would just want to hear more about the story because it, it's probably but i mean probably a special say, dude if there's armed guards at his house and he's probably well, yeah, the only person in kentucky who was infected correct he said texas no there's several in kentucky uh, he's the kentucky. only one in his county oh you said no you did say kentucky there's 20 something i think in kentucky that are infected it's a uh, it's a really slippery slope you know to a full authoritarianism right and and yeah. and a crisis or an emergency is always the best excuse for um you know drastic measures and crackdowns and the curtailing of civil liberties yeah, what new civil departments liberties. are going to come out of this one oh i <laughs> i don't know but it, you know there's definitely going to be some budgets being swelled and yeah um well, we need to fight know, this next time around cdc i'm sure is very excited for the opportunity and you know it, it's a it's a difficult situation trying to balance that sort of like well we still want people to be free to leave their houses but at the same time we want to stop the disease from spreading right now no. now i don't take a like a libertarian kind of like government's just using this as an excuse to do to take away our civil liberties that's what they really want to do i think that the motivation is actually we want to stop the disease from spreading yeah you know and this is an emergency and we're just taking these measures for emergency and whatever they do take should once the threat is gone you know or reduced they should uh restore things to normal give back whatever civil liberty let the guy out of his house or that kind of thing we're only talking about quarantine isolation social distancing as as a means to like to to fight this and um i don't know if anybody else has noticed this but um so it's it's pretty bad in in italy right now yeah yeah um yeah some people are actually saying that we're a week behind italy I, on this i think we i've been thinking that too i think, I think we're so a couple too, weeks behind italy yeah i mean i'll tell you why i've been looking at the numbers here okay now this is, I don't remember exactly the other night, but this this will kind of make sense to you. So it was, uh, I think it was like a, a week ago, Friday, right? This is about a week and a half ago now, or a week and three days ago. Um, I think we had in the U.S. we had uh, 200 confirmed cases, I believe. Or was that, or was it? Yeah, I think, I think we had like 200 for confirmed cases. There's and an then, argument uh, for then, numbers. Then three days ago, right, we had like 2,200 confirmed cases. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like uh, nine times, right? And then, you know, that's like a nine times gain in a week, right? I'm afraid to do math on the air now because of, you know, what just happened a little while ago. Uh, maybe even like, a, like a, <laughs> maybe even like a, like a 10 times, right? But, um, and in Italy at that time, I think was probably at around like, you know, 20,000, 22,000. Right. So if you go like 10 times again, right? 
like 2000 times 10,000. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I think, uh, we could, we could pretty much hit those, uh, Italy numbers in the week. I think the issue is that we're doing what Italy is doing though. Um, what I was going to point out is if you look at South Korea, South Korea was actually the country before when Italy thought they were fine. They just had a few cases. South Korea was the next country after China that was hit pretty hard. Yeah. They didn't have a quarantine. They didn't have a quarantine. What they did was they had rampant testing. Anybody who want, it's kind of like Trump said, if you want to get, if anybody wants to get tested, you can get tested. But uh, testing hasn't really been that easy to come by right now. But in South Korea, in South Korea, you could get tested. They did 100,000 or more um, tests. Yeah, I actually know somebody who who had a fever. She's in her 50s. And they didn't test her. Yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, there's people at that nursing home in Washington State that that have symptoms and they can't get tested. Okay. But in South Korea, for whatever reason, they, they were hit pretty hard. Um, their morbidity rate was close to 1%. In Italy, now it's getting bad in Italy. Their rate is closer to 7%. Mm. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out what can we do to be more like South Korea than Italy? Maybe that's too simplistic, but... Well, Italy does have certain things about it that make it more susceptible to this, um, or at least to more deaths occurring, which is that they have... Um, their their culture is in such a way where their young people stay... They basically live with their parents for longer, right? Or they'll live with their older relatives for a longer time. So you have like 30-year-olds still living with their parents that are... 50, 60, 70 years old, depending. Um, and so, you know, you're more likely to spread that the disease from the young people to the old people if they're coming in closer contact on a more regular basis. Because, you know, the, the young people are out and about, they're doing their thing, they're not yet quarantined, like you said, and then they come home to the, the elderly people. And that's been a major factor from what I hear. Yeah, that makes sense. I think they do have larger household sizes. Yeah. Um, what is the sit the response been in Italy? I heard uh, lockdown or quarantine. Yeah, they're pretty much quarantine for the is whole it, country. Is it the whole country now? Whole country. Originally, I heard a portion of the country. It was what, about twenty five percent. Now it's a hundred percent. What is this uh, horrifying map you've got up? Jared, Jared's <laughs> got some sort of map that's like right out of a movie where the red blotches are starting to cover the entire ma- global map. <laughs> yeah, you know? this is pretty interesting. This is like uh, if you're interested in following the coronavirus, we've uh, discovered a uh, large uh, a large map that's apparently like uh, adjusted uh, you know it's, it's constantly it's real time apparently yeah and it, well, this it, one was last updated 853 p.m. yeah it's, it's corona cases in the world and it actually breaks it down by country and I think you can even get to state stuff in there and then uh, it, uh, yeah it goes down to states yeah it does go down to states it's real time. I can see the red dots appearing on the screen. They have red blotches over, you know, and the larger the blotch, the more cases there are confirmed. And right. So you can see that at this rate, um, probably within 24 hours, the entire thing's just going to be all red. The whole, <laughs> the whole. It's not growing that fast, but they do have um, on the side here, they've got, um, they've got a graph of the, uh, what, it, what it looks like. It's not very well labeled, but I imagine it's the, uh, the cases that they're getting. Well, what's what's um, the site? Let's give them a plug. It looks. Pretty I mean, nice. it's long. It's yeah, like arcgis.com and then a whole bunch of other shit. You might just be able to get it from there. Just look for 
Um, well, there's a, this is based on the John Hopkins one, but it, it looks like it has more information. But there's like a John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins um, coronavirus map. Just look for that um, or look for ARC, ARCGIS.com. But uh, they do have like a, a graph down here, which is showing. So like mainland China, it has, um, and I'm going to forget terms here, but basically it's it it's shoots up and then it sort of levels off. Yeah, I was going to say that orange one looks less threatening than the other one. Yeah, right? the yellow one, which is other locations, which I guess is just everywhere else in the world, is a, an upward parabola. So it's starting off low and then it's just ramping up. Well, um, there's whistleblowers in China also saying that their their recovery is completely fake, that it's being covered up and things are pretty bad there still. Yeah, I mean, uh, you the can't reason trust I, that, that line on the screen. The reason, I, the reason I put Italy and South Korea out there is because I have a little more confidence in their numbers than I do in China's. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, South Korea... Nice, nice racism, Jonathan. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> South Korea... Whoa, it's blinking red now. They must have had another one. Um, <laughs> He's got the whole... Anywhere, yeah, anywhere had, you want to see. They had 8,162 confirmed cases and then 75 deaths, 510 recovered, but still 7,500 uh, active. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's scary. Yeah, it's just like that movie, man, Contagion. Why would you watch that shit? <laughs> just A lot of people like. are watching that kind of stuff right now. Uh, well, where, saying, where can I watch this? Um, I just I probably shouldn't. I'm, I'm freaked out enough already. Uh, it was on Comcast, but like Netflix, there's a maybe I don't know if Netflix has it. There's or a not. game that's at the top of like the Google Play Store. It's called oh, what the fuck is it called? I, it doesn't matter what it's called. It's basically a game where you have to engineer your own virus. <laughs> I think it's just called Pandemic, and you just en- yeah. engineer your own virus. Well, I mean, and it and it and you got to like soup it up and like you know it's it gets pretty intricate and detailed it's kind of cool but it's like so is, is it the more people your virus kills the well, yeah more... your goal is to kill everybody on planet earth <laughs> but you have to do it in such a way where you don't um like you're fighting against like researchers so like <laughs> it's like the case will not like kill a whole bunch of people up front because then research is going to get like super funded but if you're just like have people getting sick like they're not gonna it's kind of like with the coronavirus <laughs> you, you got to keep it casual at first yeah yeah, you keep it casual, and then you just, like, get everybody infected and then mutate the virus, which is kind of, like, not real life. I don't think it can just – every every piece of it can just mutate at once. But basically, you <laughs> mutate the virus, and then suddenly it can just kill everybody. It's a new game for Matt to try instead of Zelda. Yeah. It's well, on mutations are – Yeah, but he has a flip phone, so he's not going to be able to play it. I think mutations are a real concern that we haven't been talking well, that's about. Thing. Yeah, sure. But I, I don't know that it happens. I don't think it happens – well, I'm just saying, the way if, you, if, yeah, you if you're infected, if like me and Matt are infected and it mutates in my body, it doesn't automatically mutate in, in, right. in Matt's body. It's not yeah, but works. we can't get coronavirus from butt sex, can we? I don't know. You should talk with Kyle about that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should ask Kyle. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, where was, it? where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. It's nine. Do you want to? kick it over to after hour oh shit wow yeah we're already at an hour so yeah, yeah um i'm gonna uh i'm gonna one i want to give a shout out to tim pool because like 
I've been listening to um, I love his f- material. Yeah, I, I've been listening to a fair amount of Tin Pool for like a few months now. Um, I think like ever since I saw him on Rogan, I, I started uh, you know I just tracked him down, started following him on YouTube. He's been talking about the coronavirus. Um, you know, not like every day, and I wouldn't say he's getting hysterical about it. I'd say he's just being reasonable about it, and he, he's reporting things Who's from uh, no uh, Tim Pool. Oh, Vibes has been doing a lot of reporting on it as well. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> but anyways, good. Well, Tim Pool, um, I give him props because he's like a big YouTube guy, and then when he talks about coronavirus, his actually his videos get demonetized. So he knows it's not going to make him any money, but he. Why do they get demonetized? Is that their thing? Exactly, it's yeah. YouTube's thing. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really it's a shame though because he he's give he gives out like a lot of good uh, information while it's happening from reputable news sources. You know, yeah. he, he like makes you aware of these things. Um, and he he was talking about it when you know he, there really wasn't much information for it unless you really search for it. So yeah, um, I give him props. I would say follow him if you want to learn uh, more about this stuff. He he's been great at uh, covering it. And that's really cool that they're uh, that they demonetize stuff. I mean, I guess it sucks for the content creators, but it's kind of like just okay. We're not going to buy into sensationalism for this thing. <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is cool because uh, you know, like you know, I'm somebody that 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 values this information, and then yet this this guy is being demonetized. So if it would if it went about their way, this guy wouldn't be talking about it, and I wouldn't be hearing what I want to hear. You know, I, I want to learn. I don't think they're demonetizing it because they don't want somebody to profit off of a off of a pandemic or a crisis. Well, I, I think they don't want this to be they don't want to encourage the discussion. I really think that's what it is. Oh, you think it's a nefarious thing? I mean, I was thinking of it in terms of like they don't want someone to just like I mean, get a bunch of viral videos saying that like, you know, 80 you know, eighty thousand people are dead in in Idaho. Well, yeah, I, I think like, I think potentially wait, I think potentially it could be a little bit of both. Um, we're going to take things over to the after hours. If you visit us at Patreon.com and you contribute a minimum of one dollar per month, you help us keep the electricity on here in Anarchy Basement. Um, you help us. We've actually got to purchase like a new interface. We found out tonight. So yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So if, if you could help us out over there, and uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Punk Rock Libertarians. We also have T-shirts over at the daily liberator dot com no not know, the libertarian. no libertarian country dot com sorry um if you type in the code prl or the code prl podcast you will receive a 10 percent discount jared is there anything that you would like to plug um yeah go ahead uh check out uh liberty podcast ranker uh sign up check out your favorite podcast give us a vote um and then also in addition to the patreon if you're patreon adverse as some libertarians are uh we do have a paypal uh, we do have uh, Bitcoin, um, so just if you're interested in those, uh, just just message the page or message one of us individually, and uh, we'll get you we'll get you hooked up there. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah! So um, until next time, live free or die, and on to the after hours. So do the cards and the machine You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can put freedom in that point in a fine land To support the truth that bring them home I believe the jokes will do the best for you And I believe that we have the power Have the power Make the break, break the power
comprehends the non-aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes obsolete.